You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right, it's good to be here this evening. And uh, our lunch discussion at Pizza Ranch really revolved around, we had enough folks from Eastside Baptist there at Pizza Ranch, the pastor was considering bringing offering plates in, amen. And uh, we really had a good time. And, and our spiritual discussion was over, is it Laurel or Yanny? And uh, we almost had a church split today at the restaurant over Laurel or Yanny, amen. And uh, so uh, we, we uh, certainly had some good fellowship there today. I was thinking about that this afternoon, Laurel or Yanny on the Lord's Day, you know, meditating as I'm trying not to take too much of a nap, amen, and prepare for tonight. But you know, I was thinking, we hear that two different ways, right? Because I swore it was Yanny, and pastor's like, that is Laurel. I know that's Laurel. And if you don't know that, I didn't know it while I was in Africa either. I just heard about it today, amen. And, uh, but uh, I, I really was, just to give you a little spiritual application, I was thinking, even as I was preparing for tonight's message, many times we come to church and uh, one person hears one thing as the Spirit of God deals with their heart, and someone else hears a whole different message, amen. And that's a good thing, because God has His will uh, and His work accomplished in every life. He's the only one that can minister the Word of God in so many different ways at the same time, and He's, he's a good God. We thank Him for that. We're, we're thankful for the opportunity to be at our home church this evening. Uh, I feel like we have been running to and fro, and I do not know if knowledge is being increased or not, amen. But uh, uh, we, we certainly have uh, uh, been, been busy over the past, uh, I guess, since we were here last. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you open to 2 Timothy 2. And what we're going to do this evening is we're going to try to incorporate uh, just a little bit of uh, uh, some of the stories and, and just kind of give you an update, a report on what the Lord did with this a specific trip to Africa, give you a little update on the ministry in general, but try to tie it together with a text from God's Word and I don't know how much preaching, preaching I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to do some more teaching uh, from God's Word as we try to talk about uh, this uh, missionary update a little bit and just try to challenge some hearts out of 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll read that in just a little bit, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 1 through 5. As far as the preaching goes, I leaned over as Pastor was speaking after that song just a moment ago, and I told my wife, I said, that's a message right there, Amen. And he said more in, in two minutes than what I'll say in the next half hour, and that's, that's the truth. Uh, the, the lyrics of that song, that's some tremendous lyrics, amen, and really some tremendous truths from God's Word. Uh, you know, just as a personal testimony with our family over the past three months, man, I'm telling you, it seems like our world got turned upside down as we're on deputation, wanted to be done by a certain time, out here getting the church started, uh, uh, you know, the end of this month, beginning of the next month, and, and uh, just things got turned upside down, and I'm telling you, uh, from prematurely getting settled in Sioux Falls uh, to Micaiah's health situation, now he's better. We praise the Lord for that. Uh, things change so quickly, for good or for bad, things just change very quickly. And, uh, and then, of course, going to Africa, and my wife was supposed to be with me, and then she couldn't be with me, and, and getting home and, and running to Wyoming and just all over the place. Uh, uh, but, uh, man, God has, God, uh, again, uh, as, as uh, we don't always understand what's going on, as, 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 as our world gets a little topsy-turvy, amen? And uh, sometimes uh, the Apostle Paul said, without our fightings, within we're fears, amen? And you don't know what all God's doing in your heart and life, and uh, you understand that time means nothing to God, but timing means everything to God. 
Uh, and, and, uh, but when you start understanding the principles of what they sang about tonight, it brings peace to your heart that God's still in control. And in spite of what you're going through tonight, whether you're going through a financial situation, whether you're going through a physical situation, a health situation, a family situation, regardless of what you're going through tonight, I can promise you God's got it. Amen. He's a pretty big God. Amen. And, and, and he's got everything under control. And uh, he, really, he really does. And so everything that's going on in your life, we fight it so much. But really, it is for our good, and it's all for his glory. And if I did not believe that, I promise you, I would be in an insane asylum tonight. Amen. I would have went crazy a long time ago if I did not believe in the sovereignty and the providence of God. And so I thank God uh, for what he accomplishes in our lives. One day, we'll all look back, and we'll be able to see God's artwork and what God was doing in our life, amen, and how it really was for his glory. But until then, we'll just have to walk by faith and believe that it is for our good and that it is for our glory, or for his glory, amen. All right, we're going to look at 2 Timothy 2. I'll read verses 1 through 5. We'll pray, and then I'll give you the update and kind of just go back and forth between the update and teaching here this evening, all right? 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 5. The Bible said, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. And I'll share some of our experiences here in Africa. Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you, Lord, for those that have gathered together, Lord, on this Sunday evening. Lord, to honor you, to worship you, uh, and really to bless, to bless the God that blesses us every day of our lives on, on this your day, the Lord's day. And Lord, I pray now that you would uh, just guide uh, me as I speak tonight and tell us some of our experiences and the work that you're doing. Uh, Lord, I, as I prayed in the prayer room, I pray that you'd keep us behind the cross. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, help us to say only that you'd have us to say this evening. And then, Lord, as you anoint our lips, anoint the ears of the listeners, Lord. And I pray that thy spirit would work uh, spiritual truths uh, and exhortations into the hearts of the listeners tonight. For what you do, we're going to thank you and praise you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start tonight by thanking uh, the Eastside Baptist Church for being our home church. Amen. And uh, it's, 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 it's wonderful, as the Brother Blake uh, saw me this morning, he said, it's good to have our world traveler home, amen. And, uh, and I thought, I'm not a world traveler. I thought, well, I guess I was, amen. But it's good to have a good sending church. It's good to have a good foundation uh, and, 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 and a good send-off. And, and to know when you're on the other side of the world that you got people who pray for you, whether they text you or not, whether they inbox you or not. Uh, whether they like your Facebook status or not, amen. It, it, it's awesome when I come home and the amount of people every time we, we, we come through the doors that say, Brother Upman, been praying for you. Brother Upman, been praying for your family, been praying for Micaiah. And that encourages us uh, big time to know uh, that our home church has got our back in prayer. And we appreciate that so much. And, and every trip, uh, you know, I'll just say this about Africa. Africa is a very volatile place. Uh, even though the country that we work in the most is Ghana, and it's, it's comparatively uh, it's, it's more stable, comparatively speaking, to the other countries. Nonetheless, it's a very volatile place. Case in point, the church I preached at three weeks ago today and had wonderful services there just outside the capital of Ghana. Today, in the church service, they had a group of armed thugs come into the service at invitation time, disrupted the service, 
uh, vandalized the church, stole the sound system, stole several things, and anybody that had phones taking pictures, they got their phones too. They had uh, uh, knives, they had sharp sticks, and uh, so there was a lot going on. And I told my wife, as, as I read that coming to church tonight, I said, I wish I was there when they did that. You know, that red-blooded American man part of you comes out. And my wife said, it's probably good you weren't, amen. And I said, yeah, you're right, amen. But, uh, but it, it's just a volatile place, and so it's good to know that you have people praying for you as you travel in and out various places where God's called you to. Uh, there, there's much work to be done there uh, in Africa when it comes to the Lord's work. And, and, and a lot of times, and, and those of you that know me know that I, am, um, I would be considered probably an optimist, all right? Uh, some look at the roses among the thorns, some look at the thorns among the roses. I, I, I look at the roses among the thorns. But I understand, having said that, uh, that uh, while God gave us his promises that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of God, I also am a realist in the fact that I understand that the doors of success uh, swings on the hinges of opposition. And, and, and the Bible verse that would describe that, Paul said, a great and effectual door is opened unto us, and there remaineth much opposition. What took place in that church today is just a small example of that. Uh, the church, I was telling Brother Nathan, just during the handshaking time, the church that we've been raising money for for the past year in Burkina Faso, uh, up in Muslim country, an hour south of where ISIS and Al-Qaeda affiliates are, uh, we've raised that $15,000. Praise the Lord, every, every bit of it came in. And they're literally at the place they're ready to put the roof on. And last Tuesday night, they had a tremendous windstorm. Pastor Saleef said, we've, we've never had a windstorm uh, in my lifetime like what transpired on Tuesday night. And, and we're, talking about, we're talking about a concrete wall now, a cinder block wall that's parged. I mean, uh, man, uh, one whole wall of that building come down. And uh, so, so what I'm saying is, the work of God moves forward, yes. We sang Onward Christian Soldiers tonight, like a mighty army moves the church of God, amen? But it's not without a battle, and it's not without a fight. The gates of hell cannot prevail, but, that, but God didn't say they wouldn't fight, amen? And the prince of the power of the air is real, he's strong, and, uh, and he's at work. But he that's in us is greater than he that's in the world, and we have to believe that, amen? We have to trust that moving forward. I'll say this as well as far as Burkina Faso, and I wasn't there on this trip, but we do work there in Burkina Faso, and, and I'd ask you to pray for that country. Uh, uh, we're not Christian Missionary Alliance. We are, we are Independent Baptist, but, uh, but the Christian Missionary Alliance just had to pull all of their missionaries back from the northern part of Burkina Faso and from the eastern part of Burkina Faso back to the capital city because ISIS and Al-Qaeda and radical Islam is moving south. And so we need to pray for our missionary friends there. We need to pray for our uh, uh, nationals there that are doing the work of God. The nationals aren't the target right now. Right now the Europeans and the Americans are the targets. Uh, but uh, as, as, as the Americans and the Europeans get pushed back, then those gospel preaching national pastors will become the targets. It's, it's very sobering, uh, seriously, when you, when, when you know men, when you teach men, when you have pastors' conferences with men. It's very sobering when you know that you're looking at men that very well could be martyrs for the cause of Christ. It's one thing to think about being a martyr yourself. It's another thing to teach men and preach to men and challenge men to go to places where you know they'll be martyrs, but that's a part of the work of God going forward, and that's what those men there, some of them will do. Uh, again, a case in point, I was in, just after we came to Eastside uh, several years ago, I guess 2015, in 2016 we had a chance to go to South Sudan, and uh, we went to South Sudan, was able to sit down and visit with some national pastors there and saw God doing a tremendous work there. 
But when I left, one of the pastors that I had supper with uh, was shot and killed uh, for his stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the, there's areas of our world that are more volatile, amen? Uh, and, and so we must pray for our missionaries is what I'm saying. We must pray for uh, the work of God that goes forward. We must remember those that are in bonds as bound with them, amen, and, and, and not forget them as we enjoy and I thank God for it. We don't have to feel guilty uh, for where God has allowed us to be born. We don't have to feel guilty uh, for the resources that God's given us. We don't have to feel guilty about the comforts and conveniences that God gives us richly, according to Timothy, to enjoy. Amen. But if we're not using those for the promotion and the furtherance of the work of God, and if we're forgetting our brethren who are suffering around the world, then we should feel guilty. Amen. And uh, so God help us to remember them. So let me give you the update on this trip. Uh, uh, the, you know, several folks have asked us, even as we travel across the country, what, uh, are you a missionary to South Dakota or are you a missionary to Africa? And, uh, and I throw people off because we're not doing uh, what, the, you know, a missionary normally goes to a place and, and works with a people group. And so I, I smile and say both. And, and, and people, man, we'll show our presentation. I'll get up and tell exactly what we're doing. And at the end of the service, people will come and say, okay, so, uh, so you start a church in Sioux Falls, you start a church in Africa. And I'll say, man, we, I just talked about that. Amen. So, uh, but I want to thank the Lord for, 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 for the mission that God has given us. Uh, as, as, as you know, my heart is very much in Africa. If I could, I would move to Africa yesterday. Amen and spend the rest of my life there. But that is not God's will for my family at this time, and I recognize that. So the Lord has us here in Sioux Falls, and uh, Lord willing, in July or August, we'll be starting up. We've been commissioned by Eastside Baptist here to start a church downtown, reaching out to African immigrants and other immigrants for that matter, international immigrants from all over the world. We want to see a church started downtown. And so those of you that were not here when the church commissioned us to do that, maybe are newer, that's what we're doing. We're being sent out of this church to go downtown to start a church downtown here as a ministry of the Eastside Baptist Church, and that's how churches get started. Churches birth churches, amen. And so we're excited about what the Lord's doing here in Sioux Falls, and, and real excited. Uh, we have many open doors, and just excited about how God, I don't, I don't know what it all looks like. I'm real excited, but I, I don't know what, how it's all going to pan out. Here's what I do know. There's going to be a church in downtown Sioux Falls, amen. I don't know exactly where we'll meet. I don't know how many we're going to have coming in the first year. I don't have to know all that. God just called us to be church planners, amen. And so we're going to plant a church there for God's glory. So pray for us as we begin in July or August uh, to get a church planted there. Really be praying for our family. In Romans chapter 15, verse 20, if you'll turn there, these are the, I guess, the marching orders, the parameters for my life. Uh, God had called me to preach when I was, uh, just after I got saved at the age of 17, and, and, and I knew when I went to Bible college that God wanted me to be a preacher, um, and I wanted to be an evangelist, but I, I didn't know exactly what God wanted as far as ministry. But in our Christian missions class one night, these verses were read, and man, God would not let me get past these verses, and these became the perimeters of my life. These, these became the lines that God, I mean, God revealed, I'll put it this way, God revealed what his purpose for my life was and what his lines for my life was. The Bible said, yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. And God made it clear to me way back then as a 17-year-old or 18-year-old that his will for my life was to be a church planter. There are men that are pastors long term. My hat is off to Pastor Spencer, 38 years I believe here. My, my, I, I, man, I salute pastors, amen, but I'm not a long-term pastor. 
You say, you're not, I'm not, I'm a church planner. And there's a big difference between someone starting a church and someone, st- God gives a pastor grace that he doesn't give the church planner, amen. Church planner goes in and pioneers the work, gets it off the ground, amen, and turns it over to the pastor, amen, and leaves the pastor with the headaches of pastoring, amen, and all that good stuff. And so, but that's what God's called us to do. God's called us to go to areas or to people groups that do not have a church and plant a gospel preaching church and move on. The missionary works himself out of a job constantly. He starts a church. Uh, once the church is up and, 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 and running on its own and has a man to bring in as the pastor, he moves on and does the same thing over and over again. And that's how God starts churches. Amen. So we're going to do that here in Sioux Falls. Now, the trips to Africa, someone asked even today, well, what are the trips to Africa all about? Well, when, when we realized in 2016 that we could not uh, live in Africa and that God wanted us here in Sioux Falls, Uh, God also gave us a vision for being able to travel back and forth to Africa and to be able to plant churches there while we're planting churches here. And the purpose of traveling back and forth to Africa primarily is for church planting purposes. Uh, We advertise on our prayer card, I guess our ministry motto is preaching Christ and planting churches on two continents. Amen. And uh, someone says, how do you do that? So, So let me just tell you about our trip a little bit. I'll tell you how we are, are doing that and just kind of give you an update of where we're at. So we left on this, I left on this trip, got over to, uh, to Ghana uh, three or four weeks ago, uh, whenever it was, and uh, the purpose of this trip was to meet with some men who are going to be planting churches. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But in addition to planting churches, the Lord has allowed us uh, to have this opportunity to be able to go into various African nations and do pastor's conferences. And uh, so... Um, Uh, When I was in Burkina Faso last year, we'd done a pastor's conference with about 85% of the independent Baptist pastors in Burkina, and as a result of that, I had an invitation to come to Togo, which is a neighboring country to Ghana, just a very, very small country, and I was told there would be 50 national pastors there for a pastor's conference, and and then they came back and said there will be 100 pastors there, and I'm like, glory to God, amen, I don't think I've ever preached to 10 pastors. You can't hardly get 10 or 15 pastors together without them fighting, amen. And uh, man, to get, get that many pastors together, amen. And, and let me just say, in case that sounds bad, I mean, I can't stay with myself for too long without starting a fight, amen. And, uh, and so I disagree with myself. Sometimes I hear preachers saying, I disagree with that pastor. I say, yeah, I heard myself two years ago. I disagree with what I said then too, amen. And uh, so, uh, but, but uh, to have that many pastors in one place, uh, and, and have that kind of, uh, of, of an opportunity to be able to teach these men. So we went to Togo, and man, the Lord really taught me some things while in Togo. In 1974, that's the year I was born. It's not that long ago, right? 43 years ago, 44 years ago. Uh, uh, my birthday's next month, so I'll be 44, I guess. And so the year I was born, a missionary went to Lome, which is the capital city of Togo, and he planted an independent Baptist church. And that church did what churches are supposed to do. In a small country, from 1974 until 2018, that church that was started by a man, one missionary, went into one city and planted one church. I don't even know what became of the missionary, but that church has sent out now almost 100 national pastors out of that church. They have planted almost 100 churches across Togo. A small country planted almost 100 churches. That's in my lifetime, friend. Can you imagine what one person that just surrendered to God the night to be a missionary, imagine the difference you could make in a lifetime? I mean, one man was obedient to the call of God, went to a place, started a church, and they just did things right. And now there's been a hundred churches started. Those men are moving north across Togo. They're in the northern part of Togo. Some of those men have moved up into Burkina Faso. The way we stop the advance of radical Islam southward is by advancing the gospel of the grace of God northward. That's what they're doing. 
Same thing could have been done. I'm, I'm just being very transparently honest with my home church tonight. That same model, which by the way is the New Testament model, could have been done in Ghana as well. But missionaries came to Ghana missionaries started claiming ownership of ministries and national pastors and they fought and they fought and they fought and you got a missionary over here and a missionary over here and one or two national pastors here and one or two and there's been no great work in a country that's very stable no great work done because of strife and division that is birthed out of worldly wisdom that James 3 talks about and it's really sad to see what's went on in Ghana but it's encouraging to see what's went on in Togo that's the first time in a West African country that I've personally seen what the New Testament teaches actually played out over my lifetime. And it encouraged me because I thought, man, if they could do this in my lifetime, man, if I can double my lifetime and get another 44 years, amen, no telling what God will do, amen. Uh, and, 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 and young person and middle-aged person and older person, there's no telling what God can do in your lifetime, amen, with you. If you'll just go be obedient to the call of God, whatever it is God's called you to do, whatever your purpose in life is, if you'll just do it, no telling what God could do with that, amen. So we had a wonderful time there in Togo. Got to, we only had 65 of the 100 pastors come because uh, it's a really bad time of year to have the pastors conference, apparently. You learn, amen, from one year to the next. Uh, next year, we will not set those dates the same. And it was during the rainy season, so the central region of Togo, there was so much rain the pastors couldn't get out. I was surprised any pastors made it as, as terrible as it was right in Lome with the rain and the road situation. Uh, but we had 65 pastors there, and we say to God be the glory. And pray for these pastors. See, as we go in uh, to, to, to try to teach these pastors, I, I, man, Paul said I'm less than the least. That's a zero with the rim rubbed off. I mean, less than the least, that, 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 that's like a negative zero, right? And, and, I mean, if Paul was less than the least, where does that put you and I? We're nobody. And I know that going into a meeting like that, it's, you know, man, I'm teaching 65 pastors. I'm teaching men that are seasoned men of God that know much more of the Word of God than I do. And then I'm teaching men that know very little of the Word of God. They, they've been brought to the Lord and they're, uh, you know, discipled and, and sent out. And so they've asked us to come in. We taught on the home. Uh, we had a tremendous session on the home. And, and you say, why is that important with, with pastors? Because the Bible said if a, if, if, if a bishop can't rule his own house, how can he take care of the house of God? Amen. And so we tried to teach about the home. Of course, marriage is a big thing over there because their marriages over there ain't like our marriages over here. Uh, in, in Ghana, you know, you can have four wives instead of one wife. Amen. And, uh, and, and I mean, they cut the other day, I'm not kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down the road in a van and, and we stop at a light. And all these vendors, they've got stuff on their head. They're trying to sell you stuff. And, and they pull up, and, and these ladies, they're all trying to reach in and sell you stuff and steal something if they can get their hands on something. And one saw my phone, and she said, oh, your phone, it looks so nice. And I said, that's my phone. <laughs> uh, it can look nice right where it is. And she said, oh, I'm trying to say it looks nice just like your face. And I said, go away. <laughs> I'm happily married. Leave. Go away. Uh, and and uh, one man over there says, uh, you know, uh, in, in talking to one of these guys, because everywhere you go, I'm, I'm not kidding, everywhere you go, you have men coming up saying, hey, my sister, she can cook good. She can teach you Fonte, huh? You can get married. I'm like, I've been happily married 24 years. Hey, everything's good, okay? And they're like, yeah, but one wife, hey, why about, what? you know, you could have four wives in our country. I said, one wife is one problem. Four wives is four problems. Excuse me, ladies, amen. You got to say whatever you got to say to get out of the situation, Amen. And, uh, but this is the kind of stuff you deal with every day, every day. When we lived there, our boys got proposals. Micaiah, who says he's never getting married, amen. He got proposals. I mean, a, an African mother drug him around the corner while we was on visitations trying to introduce him to her daughter, amen. And uh, it's, it's a very, very 
different world and a very different culture. I promise you, everything about it's different, but that's where God's called us. Amen. But anyhow, back to uh, Togo. So uh, uh, the, uh, the Lord's allowed us to go in and to be able to teach on the home, to be able to teach about marriage, to be able to teach that marriage is between one man and one woman until death do you part. Amen. She may take the shotgun after him, but death will have to do your part. Amen. You're going to do it God's way. Amen. And, and to try to train these men to get them to understand that. Amen. Because these are the men that are the leaders of the churches there in Togo. And then next year we're going back. They've asked us to come back and teach on uh, Baptist distinctives and why we're not charismatics. Because West Africa, West Africa um, has what they call juju. It'd be like Haitian voodoo. In fact, voodoo was really birthed in West Africa. And, and, and I'm not being ugly tonight. The Lord knows I'm not being ugly and I think if you know me, you'll know I'm not being ugly. But the charismatic movement works hand in glove with juju and spiritism and demonism in West Africa. Charismaticism has swept across the 17 nations of West Africa. When you go to a Catholic church in West Africa, when you go to a Protestant church, when you go to a Ghanaian Baptist Association church, when you go to a Muslim mosque, they all sound the same. They got the drum. It looks like a disco, they're dancing, and it's all charismaticism mixed with juju, mixed with voodoo, mixed with that spiritism and that demonism. And so we've been asked to come back and teach a pastor's conference because what's, what's happening is that God's churches there aren't growing as fast as the charismatic churches are growing. And these new evangelical charismatic, they got the drum. Every, everywhere you go, everywhere I go, people say, Pastor Ruckman, why do we not have the drum? Why do we not have the dance in our church? I mean, that's the thing in Africa. I mean, Africans, man, they just, I mean, they got the rhythm, friend, amen. They just do. And uh, I mean, we, we, I'll just tell you another story. I'm just feeling comfortable tonight, amen. We, we worked at the deaf school there. We went to the, uh, in 2015, we went to the, uh, we're talking about a deaf school, 350 students. And we pulled up to learn some sign language, one of our classes, and they had a graduation going on, and the music was so loud. I said, what in the world? And all these deaf kids are dancing with the music. I said, how in the world? I, I went over to teacher. I said, teacher Kofi, how are these kids dancing with the music they can't hear? He said, he said, Pastor James, they got rhythm in them, amen, and they could feel that rhythm in the ground, amen. They get it so loud they could feel it, and, and, and they're, they're just given to that, and they bring that into the churches, and they all drum, and they all dance, and it's all about reaching some kind of a higher level with God, and, and, and I'm telling you, it's demonic. I could show you pictures. I, I, I can't tonight. I'm not set up to do it. I, I, I could show you videos, let you hear sounds that come out of those churches that you say, what in the world? And it's the charismatic movement that's infiltrating. Well, there's a lot of younger pastors, new pastors, that are getting moved to outlying areas way far away from where they got saved, and they're in villages working by themselves up there, and they're seeing the charismatic churches growing, and their church isn't growing as fast. They're seeing these new evangelical ideas uh, coming in, and, and, and they're standing on the truth of God's word. And, and so we go in and try to train these men. God does not change. God's word does not change. The principles of God's word does not change. People change. Denominations change. Worship in this world changes. But God does not change. Amen. And, and teaching these men these principles, why we are Baptists, why we are Bible believers, amen, and trying to teach them so that they're grounded in the Word of God, and many of them are grounded, but then just encouraging them to stay true to the Word of God and to the God of the Word, amen. And so that's what we do at the pastor's conferences, and we're really excited. We had, a, I'm, I'm telling you, it was a tremendous uh, pastor's conference. God really blessed this year, and we thank Him for it. Additionally, then we went over to Ghana, and our purpose in going over to Ghana was to be able to work with uh, 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 some national pastors and some missionaries there 
of course, the missionaries that are serving in foreign countries, I'm just trying to, again, talk to you from my heart, just give you a few things from my heart here this evening. Uh, but pray for your missionaries in other countries. Uh, a foreign country uh, can be a very lonely place uh, for a missionary after a period of time. Amen. And so going in sometimes, sometimes when you go on a mission trip, it's not just, it's not just going there and saying we're going to do all this ministry with the missionary. Sometimes, honestly, it's just bringing them a suitcase with about 50 pounds worth of goodies. Amen. That they can't get in the country that they're at. Amen. Uh, bringing them some goodies. Amen. And sitting down and playing games with them and talking with them and listening to them because it's the first time they have somebody that will sit down and listen to them, you know, and, uh, and, and, and the fellowship and the camaraderie that comes out of that uh, is, is much needed for the missionary. So the Lord allowed us to go spend time with two missionary families, uh, very good friends of ours, and uh, then we helped one missionary move. But in the process of all that, helping those families, one of those families, when we were there in 2015, some of you remember we had a gospel tent that we took to Africa with us. My grandfather had built me a beautiful pulpit that I took to Africa, beautiful communion table. We took like five years of Bible Institute uh, material. We took all kinds of things to Africa with us. One of those missionaries was in a situation where he had to move, and he got a hold of me just before I came. He said, Brother Ruppman, he said, what do you want me to do with this pulpit and with this communion table and with this tent and, and with this Bible Institute stuff? I said, hold on until I get there, friend. Amen. So I got to help him move, but I got to reclaim all that stuff that we had in 2015. And here's the significance of that. Uh, as I already mentioned, we will be starting a church here uh, in July or August, uh, right in town, out of the authority of Esau Baptist. We have a national pastor whose name is Pastor Dari. Those that are on Facebook, you'll see he comments on my stuff from time to time. A very good friend of ours. Pastor Dari has a group of about 100 people, and, and we need to reorganize uh, his church scripturally. Amen. There, we're in the process right now of helping them acquire land. That's one of the reasons we were there, to help them acquire land uh, a, a good bit farther down the road than where they are now. Uh, and we have a church that's helping us to help them acquire that land. Uh, and that should be done by September or October of this year. Pray about that. Amen. We want to get this land uh, for Pastor Dari. They're going to reorganize under the authority of our church. Amen. And we're excited about that. So we're going to go over then in September, October, and we'll give them that tent and they can set up that tent on that land, and you say, a tent? Listen, it never gets below 70 degrees there, amen. 67, I think, is the lowest I've ever seen it get. So, so weather-wise, it's not an issue. Uh, it's a wonderful place for them to start. So pray that God would bless as we reorganize this church and make it scriptural, amen. Uh, you got 100 people there, a good pastor. They just need to be organized properly, amen. And so we spent much time with Pastor Dari. We developed a very close friendship in 2015. The Lord allowed us to spend much time with him last year. If you remember when we went to Ghana, we were able to go out with him, do some evangelistic efforts, went to the village of Shema. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. And saw 23 people make professions of faith in Shema, uh, hearing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time. And so God's doing some great works there. So we want to see this church get organized. Additionally, we have a Bible institute that we've been teaching right in uh, to this church with Pastor Dari and his men. He has two men there named Brother Frederick and Brother Augustine. These men have been previously trained, uh, and they've been ready to plant churches for several years and uh, been praying about God's will and God's timing, and all that fits into this. And so when we go back later on this year, we were, uh, we were able on this trip to sit down with Pastor Dari and put a plan in place, amen, and begin to acquire the land. When we go back then in September, October, we'll help set up the tent, and at that time, we'll ordain Brother Frederick and Brother Augustine. And then here's where it gets exciting. And here's where I'm going to start talking about 2 Timothy 2 in just a minute. We get to have the privilege of ordaining Brother Augustine into the ministry and Brother Frederick into the ministry, Lord willing, September, October of this year. And then both of those men are ready 
and we have a church in Florida, I'll just say this, that wants to take care of supporting these men for two to three years to get them off of their feet, amen, uh, and, and, and get their work going. Also wants to help them build, just acquire land and build a small building. This, God's given us a church in Florida that's partnered with our ministry that, that wants to uh, see 100 churches planted. And they're providing, they have the resources and they're providing the financing to do it. Amen. And I'm like, glory to God. Hallelujah. He called me and said, you know anybody, uh, anybody wants to start a church in Ghana? I said, how many are you looking to start with? Amen. And uh, so I thank the Lord for what he's doing there. So pray for us that the purpose of this trip was to get all that stuff reclaimed, to get it where it needs to be, to talk with these men, to make sure that we're all on the same page. We went over everything doctrinally again, amen, to make sure we're on the same page. Uh, and then uh, began to put a plan in place, went out to these various villages. Pray for Brother Augustine Amoa. He's going to be starting a, a church in the village where we preached last year and saw 23 people get saved, the village of Shema. I've been much burdened about that village since 2015 when we were there. That's one of the places that we really believe God wanted us to start a church. This is not how I foresaw in 2015 that we would start a church there, but hey, it doesn't matter if it's me or if it's him. Praise God. God it's, it's God's church, right? And so there's a national pastor starting a church in Shema. And then there's the village of Angona and Quanta, which is about 45 minutes west. The other's 45 minutes east of Pastor Dari and his work there in Takarati. So Lord willing, here's the plan. And here's what we need you to pray about. I know you got our backs in prayer and you're praying for these missionary works, amen. But we're starting one church here this year and we're seeing one scripturally reorganized there and two brand new ones started there, amen. That's the goal by the end of this year. So I'm asking that y'all help us pray. We were going to be going to Burkina Faso later this year, but because of these plans, we're, we're canceling that trip. This, this takes more priority because our first uh, God is bringing those lines, amen, together and, and making it clear this is our first priority, which is church planning. So pray that we would see um, uh, these three churches over there established scripturally and one here established scripturally for the glory of God. So it's, and, and I tell you, it's, it's see, see, we are, if, if we're not careful, any one of us can, can, can come to a place where we think, man, look how, if everybody in my church was just like me, what kind of a church would my church be? Probably wouldn't be good if we had that attitude, would it? Amen. Uh, so if, if we're not careful, we start thinking, oh, we're indispensable to the work of God. But God, I'm telling you, man, in 2015, God showed me he can do a lot without me. Amen. Uh, God can do anything without me. We are very, uh, what I'm saying is, folks, that none of us ought to think more highly of ourselves, even as we work in ministry and work for God, amen, than we ought to think, amen. Uh, we are totally replaceable by God at any moment, amen. And God's work's gonna go on, God's church. So I say all that to say, I'm just thankful that I get to be used by God, amen. And, and while we're serving here in Sioux Falls, for as long as God wants us here, uh, that, that we get to serve here and see a church planted here, that we get to see churches planted over there. We got a guy in Liberia next year that uh, Lord will in Monrovia, that we're ready to go with the church plant. We'll be helping some up in Burkina Faso. And so uh, God's just doing some great things in these days. And we thank you for your prayers, uh, for our safety, for Micaiah's health, uh, and, and uh, just, uh, uh, just for his hand in the whole trip. I'm telling you from beginning to end, these trips are they're crazy. Nothing ever goes normal on these trips, I promise you. I got ready to fly out of Accra. Well, on the way over there, listen, man, I got to fly with a, I mean, man, when you get to brother be a world traveler, man, you get to witness to all kinds of people in those planes, amen? I thought about seeing if I get someone to support me just to ride in planes every day, amen? Just kidding, all right? But, uh, but riding over, uh, actually riding from Atlanta up to JFK, I got to sit beside a Bangladeshi Muslim man. And, uh, and he began asking me, I mean, just serious questions about Christianity, about the Lord Jesus Christ. I talked to him nonstop for two and a half hours about the Lord Jesus Christ. So well, let me tell you what Islam believes about this. I said, I'm, I'm anxious to hear. I said, now let me tell you what Jesus Christ said about that. He said, well, I'm anxious to hear. And so in the process of the conversation, he told me, he said, 
Now, I shouldn't tell you this, but I'm a beer-drinking Muslim. I said, well, you know, it's probably not going to matter either way, you know, uh, you know, as far as your religion goes. And, and uh, he said, yeah, he said, I, I probably shouldn't have told you that, but, you know, you just got to go out and have some fun every now and then. I said, well, you see, see, um, you know, the Bible has some things to say about that. And so it gave me an opportunity to win. I tell you that to tell you. He looks at me, man, this is fun, man. He looks at me, he says, can I ask you a serious question? This is after two, I, I'm thinking he might ask a question, Brother Dana, like, what must I do to be saved or something? He wants to ask me a sincere, serious question. I said, sure. And he leans forward, he whispers, because his father is sitting right behind him. And uh, I said, what's your question? He said, this is sincere. I said, I want to hear it. He said, I'm not kidding you. He said, what does bacon taste like? <laughs> not kidding. I said, man, you're a beer-drinking Muslim, and you've never been a bacon-eating Muslim? He said, well, you know, that, that'd be like that. That'd be too big of a line to cross. I said, man, uh, I said, everything you think of about heaven is bacon. Amen. <laughs> amen. I'm just telling you, amen. I love bacon. Amen. He asked the wrong guy. Amen. Coming back, and listen, I got set up on the trip coming back. So, so we're, we're flying back, and... Uh, KLM's whole computer system was down, so I waited in line four or five hours. Thank God they had the flight wait to take off, and then got in, went down. But God has his timing with everything, you know. I looked around in the airport. I got there at 8 o'clock. Our flight leaves at 10 o'clock. I looked around the airport, and, and everybody else standing in line. West Africans are happy people, and they're all laughing and joking. And I'm like, our plane leaves in 15 minutes. I haven't even got checked in yet, you know, and they're all laughing and joking. And I'm like, just laugh and joke with them. Just have a good time. Amen. And uh, so... God took care of it all, but God got me to Amsterdam where he wanted me to be on time. My flight out of Amsterdam, uh, literally, as soon as I got there, it was already, they put me on another flight. It was going out. So I come back to row 43B. They changed my seating arrangement around. I wanted an aisle seat where I can stretch that leg out, you know, because, man, I think it's cramped after a while on those planes. And now they changed everything because it's a connecting flight, so I end up in the middle seat between an older lady, turned out to be 83, and about a 58-year-old man, turned out to be a mother and son. I didn't know that. Turned out they're Jehovah's Witnesses looking for someone to sit between them. They got the right guy. Amen. I sat down. I sat down, looked at the guy next to me. I said, what's your name? Put my hand out. He said, what's your name? And I said, man, I said, normally people aren't as friendly as you. He said, likewise. He said, I was hoping I'd get someone I could talk to. I said, praise the Lord. I was too. And, and, and she looks at me and says, let me ask you a question. I said, what's that, ma'am? She said, you're a Baptist missionary, aren't you? So I'm thinking they're Baptist, you know. I said, I sure am. She said, you all look the same. I said, all right. That's good. I said, well, you know, being a Baptist is good. I said, but the best thing that ever happened to me was the day I got saved. And I thought she would say amen. I really thought I was talking to a fellow Christian. And she said, uh, oh, yeah, that Bible said, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. And I said, uh, you're not a Baptist, are you? And she said, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And then he said, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And I said, I thought I've been set up, amen. And I said, well, you know, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I don't know if you're ready for the next 11 hours, but I sure am, amen. And uh, they were laughing, and we really did. I told them, I said, as long as we keep this civil, everything's good. If it starts getting uncivil, i got to stop talking. They said, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to find areas we agree on. I said, wonderful, amen. And then I'm telling you, that, listen, senior saints of God, can I challenge you? Don't ever quit witnessing. Because those in cults aren't. Those in Jehovah's Witnesses, they're not. I mean, they just keep right on. That, their salvation hinges on. That's why they keep doing it, amen. And uh, seriously, 
uh, uh, man, she sat there for hours. It'd get quiet for a couple minutes, and then she would say, well, you know, you know, everybody in the world knows who Jesus Christ is, but not everybody knows who God is. How do you answer that? See, the problem's not, this is what she's telling me. What, what she was trying to do is establish the fact that Jesus Christ is not God. And uh, anyhow, I don't, I don't mean to get digressed and all. I'm just saying, man, I'm telling you, be ready when you get out there because uh, there are people that want to talk and some that don't, but they wanted to, amen. And uh, so we had a wonderful time there. But pray, man, God allowed us uh, to, I think they were, they were intent on getting a Jehovah's Witness convert, amen. And I was intent on seeing some folks get saved by the good grace of God. And, and the seed, I, I almost said to her right at the end as we were getting off the plane, I almost said, well, because she knew, she quoted, I, I'm not kidding, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say she quoted probably 200 Bible verses. Um, uh, and the funny thing was that she'd start it and I'd finish it. And she'd say, you know your Bible. And I'd say, you know yours too, amen. I'm not used to discussing with a you know, lady that knows she just using them all wrong, you see. They just use them all wrong and just twist them and pervert them. And, uh, but anyhow, uh, man, we had, we had a wonderful time. And I started to, I started to tell her, because she knew her Bible so well, I started to tell her, well, it's been a pleasure to sit with you all. The Bible said one man sows and other waters, but God gives the increase, and I'll pray for you. And she beat me to the draw. She said, well, it was a pleasure to sit with you. Paul said one man sows and another waters. I'm telling you, she told me that. And I said, yeah, I'll tell you. Well, I said, well, I'll tell you this. I said, uh, I'm not going to become a Jehovah's Witness anytime soon. And she started laughing. But do pray for them. Amen. Really pray that God would work in their hearts. Uh, the son was much more open. 58-year-old son was much more open than the mother. But, man, we just get opportunities everywhere we go. Take those opportunities. Don't just stop all the time and pray, oh, God, give me an opportunity. And just pray. Take the opportunities that God gives you because there's opportunities waiting in Sioux Falls every day of your life. Amen. Well, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. And, again, it's, it's, it's already 7.05. And I'm just going to give you just a quick challenge here uh, as it regards to our ministry and what the Lord's allowing us to do. 2 Timothy 2, we've already read it. Uh, I just want to read just, uh, just one verse again. Paul tells Timothy in this chapter of 2 Timothy, he said, The things which thou hast heard of me, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I want to challenge the church tonight. I want to challenge especially the men. Now, this applies to the ladies here, obviously. But I want to speak to the men, because I'm a man, so I can speak to you uh, uh, on this subject. Uh, and, and ladies, we'll let the Spirit of God work in your hearts how He chooses to do so. I want to say, if you're here and saved by the grace of God, God wants you to be a Christian soldier, right? God wants you to be a Christian man. God wants you to be a man of influence. God wants you to be a soul winner. We, I mean, there, there, there's a lot that God has in store for you. Uh, God wants every one of you, men that are here, listen, and ladies, it applies to you as well, but God, I don't care how young or how old you are, God wants you in a situation where you can influence others. Mark that down. God wants to make you a teacher. In Hebrews chapter number five, uh, the apostle Paul, if you believe he wrote Hebrews, as I do, the apostle Paul uh, would say in Hebrews five, for when the time came that you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. Uh, you know, when you ought to be on strong meat, you're back here on the milk of the word. And can I challenge you, young man, if you're saved by the grace of God, you need to be growing in your faith. You need to be uh, getting from the milk of the word. It's okay to be a baby Christian once, but you need to grow and you need to mature. And you need to come to that place of maturity as a Christian man. You need to come to a place where you're a Christian leader. Because we have Paul telling Timothy, he starts out by saying, Timothy, I want you to be, I want you to be strong in the grace of God. And we could talk about that tonight, being strong in the grace of God. But then he moves on to verse 2 and he says, Timothy, he said, the things which thou hast heard of me, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That's the job of the missionary. That's what I'm doing. But can I tell you tonight? 
That's the job of the pastor. That's what he's doing. And I'm going to use an illustration in a minute to show you that. But can I tell you tonight, that's the job of the Sunday school teacher. That's what they're doing in their Sunday school classes, right? They're teaching those children. They're teaching those children who will be able to teach others one day. But can I tell you, that, that ought to be the job of every Christian in this building tonight. Amen? The things which thou hast heard of me, the same commit thou to faithful men. All of us have influence. Are you listening? Don't matter if you're 80 years old, if you're 50 years old, if you're 20 years old, if you're 10 years old. We all have influence. Those that are older than me uh, and have been saved longer than me, they have a greater influence in my life. And, and then I try to have an influence in maybe a younger man's life than I. But can I tell you that there are young men in this church that are going to have an influence on my teenage boys? You are. You're going to be, everybody has influence. Are you listening? Everybody has an influence. You're going to be a good influence or a bad influence. You are. You cannot be neutral. You can't say, well, I just don't want to be no influence. No man liveth to himself. No man dieth to himself. We're all an influence. Can I ask you for the sake of my boys to be a good influence? Amen. My boys are going to be an influence on, on younger boys than themselves. Amen. And it goes right on down. We're all an influence. Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, the things which thou hast heard of me, the same commit thou. He just said, I want you to be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And man, I've got notes there, but I'm not going to preach them to save you some time. Amen. But he says, Timothy, in addition to being strong, I want you to understand everything that you've heard me teach you. Paul was a mentor. Timothy was a mentee. Paul is teaching. Timothy is the student. Paul is teaching with a purpose. Paul's teaching wasn't the end game. It was just an avenue by which the end game could be accomplished. The end game is always the glory of God, always. Paul is teaching a man, but the buck doesn't stop with Timothy. And Timothy learns what he can so that he can teach men. And those men will learn what they can so they can go out and teach men. Can I just say, that's a template of what our ministry is. If I could make an illustration of this real quickly. If I could have Pastor Spencer, do you mind if I use you for an illustration? If you come up here, Pastor Spencer, I normally wouldn't call him a pastor, but it's appropriate in this situation. And then if I could have, let me see here, let me get a couple guys that are maybe a little younger than myself. Uh, where Gabe, you said you're... Where's Gabe? Is Brother Gabe in here? There he is. Come on up here. You, you, I found out you're just three years younger than me. Amen. Brother, Brother Juan, are you? How old are you? You're younger than me. Come on up here. Amen. All right. All right. And then, and then let's get, uh, let's get how, about, how about Carlos? You come on. Carlos Johnson. You, you come on up here. And uh, let me get another uh, couple young guys. Jesse, you come on up here. And uh, I'm looking. Let me get one more volunteer, teenage boy. Yeah, Blake. Come on up here, Brother Blake. One of Brother Dana's boys. Come on up here. Amen. Come on up here. All right. So, so you two guys stand right here. And uh, Mikhail, you get up here too. I need you too, buddy. All right. And then you stand over here. All right. So I'm, I want to try to give you a visual. This is what we're doing in the ministry. This is what you're praying for your missionary to do. This is what you're supporting your missionaries to do. This is what all of us are supposed to be doing, all right? So I want to try to illustrate that. So if I have you stand over with the boys over there. Thank you. You're a good man, all right? So here's, here's the Apostle Paul, all right? Here, here, this is the Apostle Paul, right? I, I, I want you, because sometimes we read this stuff and we just kind of speed over it and we miss it. The church of God has to get carried on. We carry it from one generation to the next. The work of God must be accomplished, but it's not just accomplished through missionaries going to other countries, 
The work of God goes on right here in Sioux Falls, the Eastside Baptist Church. It'll go on through us where the church started downtown. It'll go on in Africa, with or without us, amen, through pastors. But this is, this is how it works. This is the Apostle Paul. The Bible says here, Paul is talking to Timothy. Paul says, Timothy, I'll throw, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not near as spiritual as Timothy was, but I'm just using for the example here. Paul says, Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, the things which thou hast heard of me, can I tell you, every one of us in this building have been influenced by this man, this pastor right here, amen. He, he has been to you and I what the apostle Paul was to Timothy, to Titus, to Ademus who would forsake him, and to so many others, amen. Paul was a mentor. You cannot be a mentor if you do not have mentees, amen. You can't be a teacher if you don't have students. Paul was a mentor. He says, Timothy, the things, which I've, the things that you've heard of me, can I tell you, if, if, if a mentor is going to be a good mentor, he's got to teach, right? And I've, our family, I've known Pastor Spencer probably since 1999 when we started up at Glorybound. But we were just long-distance acquaintances. When we came home in 2015, and I'm going to try not to get emotional here, when we come home in 2015, my family needed a pastor. And I, and I had a lot of buddies that are pastors, but I didn't need a buddy for a pastor in 2015, and I thank God Pastor Spencer is a very close friend. But I didn't need a buddy for a pastor. I needed a pastor for a pastor. And I thank God for the friend that I have in my pastor. And I'm sure Timothy thanked God for the friend that he had in the Apostle Paul. But it's more than a friend, amen. He was, he was, uh, God, God, God brought Paul into Timothy's life to mentor him. God brought this man into my life and into your lives, amen, to mentor us. He has a responsibility on the teaching and the mentoring we have a responsibility. Timothy, the things which thou hast heard of me, we've got to be listening. I want to challenge you, no matter what age you are in the church here. Man, when pastor gets up to teach Sunday school, when he stands up to preach, when he's talking, young men, when he's talking out in the halls, amen. If you can get close and just listen to what he's saying, you'll learn so much just being around him, just letting it rub off on you, amen. Paul said, Timothy, the things which thou hast heard of me, the same commit thou. Do you see? Paul, when he says that, Paul, Paul's fixing to die. Paul's told Timothy like two or three times in 1 Timothy, fight a good fight. He's fixing to say, I fought a good fight because he's fixing to die. Amen. He's fixing to pass off the scene. But he says, Timothy, the things which thou hast heard of me. You know what that tells me? That tells me Timothy had to be listening. Timothy had to be a student. I want you all to listen. You've got to be a good student of the word. You've got to be a good student before you can be a teacher. You've got to learn how to be a follower before you can be a leader. Amen. It's true. And so he says, Timothy, the things which thou hast heard of me. See, he watched Timothy. He knew that Timothy was listening. He knew that Timothy was learning. Timothy was practicing the principles, the New Testament principles that Paul was teaching him. And Paul's passing on that mantle. And he says, Timothy, the things which thou hast heard of me, the same commit thou. That's all we're doing. See, each one of us in our role, whether you're a pastor or not, each one of us have this responsibility. What we're learning in churches, the buck doesn't stop with us on Sunday morning when pastor preaches it. We go live it out in front of an unsaved world that we're working with, amen? You don't have to be a pastor or a missionary to put to practice what I'm talking about, amen? You can, you can do it when you're working at the pizza ranch or at the FedEx office or at the post office or on the construction site, wherever you are. You can live out the principles of God's word, amen, on the job, amen, that you've heard from God's man as he's faithfully taught us the principles of God's word. We look at the missionary and we say, well, the things which thou hast heard of me, Timothy, the same commit thou to faithful men. I'm using these as, 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 as examples of faithful men, Brother Gabe and Brother Juan. These are faithful men. So you see, the ministry didn't start or stop with him, but God used him in my life. God used him in your life 
God uses us in someone else's life, amen? So I go out and teach people. And by the way, Paul didn't just have a Timothy, amen? He had many more, amen? Uh, and, and so, but I go out and I, t- I try to teach and train people. And those men go out, and what do they do? Each of them will have their, I'm one man. I'm going to teach and train people. I'm going to have a sphere of influence people. I'm going to train them, amen? And then they're going to go out as individual men. And they're going to train. And, and, and you see how the work of God multiplies, and you see how the work of God grows. And that's what God's doing with our ministry. God's used this man. I would not be in the ministry today if it was not for this man. I'm telling you, it's the truth. If it wasn't for this church, I would not be in the ministry today. God's used him in my life. God's used this church in my life. And God lets, God is allowing me, just because he's good, he's allowed me to go plant a church downtown and to try to train some faithful men. He's allowed me to go to Ghana and Togo, Burkina Faso and other countries and try to train some faithful men. But you know what? The work of God didn't start with me and it won't stop with me. The work of God will keep going with these faithful men over in Ghana, over in Togo, and Burkina Faso, some men downtown here, whoever God saves down here and does the work with, and it'll go on. And they'll teach men. And one day if Jesus tarries, brother, you and I are all going to pass off the scene. Pastor Spencer's not going to be here forever. And you say, what's going to happen? He's going to die or Jesus is going to come, I guess. Amen. I'm going, if Jesus tarries, I'm going to pass on. If Jesus tarries, these guys are going to pass on. Those, but what happens? Does the work of God die when we pass on? No, sir. It goes on because a man has been faithful to train a Timothy to be a mentor. And that man has been faithful to go teach others who in turn will teach others also. Y'all can be seated. Thank you very much. I'm just trying to give you a visual. Thank you, Pastor. I'm trying to give you a visual of what Paul is teaching here. And that's what our family is doing. But can I say more importantly than that, our family's just one. We're just a small piece in the puzzle. That's what God wants every one of you to do. Ladies, girls, men, boys, every one of us can be a mentor. Every one of us. You don't have to be called to preach and called to Africa to be a missionary. You can walk out the front doors of this church and be a missionary. You say, where can I be a missionary? Where do you go to school, kids? Be a missionary at your school. You say, man, I tell you what, I don't want to have to stand for Christ there. If you don't stand for Christ there, it's a lot easier there than it will be out in the work world. Amen. Stand for Christ. Make a difference for the Lord. Mentor some younger ladies. Mentor some younger men right there at your school. Be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Younger men in the church, be mentors to these kiddos. Amen. As they're trying to serve God. Man, be a good mentor. Be a good influence on them. You see how it all works together. Amen. For the work of God to move forward. I want to challenge you. Paul, I mean, uh, if, if, if we read the rest of that passage, and I'm done here, but if we read the rest of the passage, Paul, Paul would challenge them. He would, he, he would say, Timothy, the things thou hast heard of me, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Then he would go on to say, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. Uh, Paul's about to get his head cut off, and he's telling Timothy, endure hardness. If you're here thinking, man, this is going to be an easy job. It's not, it's, it's, it's not an easy job to mentor men. It's not an easy job. Amen. Paul said it's going to be hard. There's going to be hard times. As you go out and try to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, there's going to be times it's going to be hard. It's not always politically correct. It's not always popular in, the, in your peer group. But go out and be a witness. Be an influence for the Lord Jesus Christ. Take the time to witness and talk to people. Try, hey, everyone in this church, you know what you ought to do? Honestly, I'm not trying to be the Holy Ghost. I'm just trying to tell you what the New Testament says. Every one of you ought to go out this week. I don't care what your age is and find one person you can be a mentor to. One person that you can bring under your wing that you can begin to say, you know what? You don't have to go start a church downtown. You can have a Bible study with your next door neighbor. You can have Bible studies in school. Amen. You can, you can get, get a coworker on the job and say, you know what, guys? Let's go ahead and just say, you guys mind having a devotion? I'd like to have a devotion today. Amen. 
be a witness wherever you are. Amen. Get somebody under your, this week, just try it out. Just try it out. Hey, how many, I, I'm normally not forward like this, but I'm going to be a little forward. How many of you would, would commit to say, this week I'm going to try to get one person that I'm going to try to be an influence on. I'm going to try to get one person that I'm going to be a mentor to. I'm going to pull them under my wing and try to just give them some truths from God's word. Raise your hand. That's about half the, half the crowd here. Making, man, I'm telling you, do it. You'll be amazed what God will do with you if you go out and do, even Mia's got her hand up back there. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. I want to challenge you. You don't have to be a missionary to be a missionary. Amen. You don't have to be supported and prayed for to be a witness and to be a mentor. Carry the gospel forward. This church, Eastside Baptist, you know, every time I come back, there's new faces here. Somebody's bringing them in. Some people here are doing the jobs. Amen. Keep on. Keep on keep on and the work of God keeps rolling on for his glory thank you for the time tonight and again thank you for praying for our family and for your support we don't take it for granted we appreciate so much what y'all do for us let's pray Lord I pray now that you take tonight's uh, little challenge and the stories that we've told and just work in our hearts Lord God and for what you do we'll thank you and we'll praise you we ask this in Jesus precious name amen We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.